chapter 17. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender, and if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink later, you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. As a prodigal daughter to faith myself, I get asked often about my own faith journey, about how I grew up in the church and left it, about how the Holy Spirit drew me back. It's a common question as we see our friends, our loved ones, our children seemingly walking away from faith. And one of my favorite Lutheran authors and celebrity pastors is Nadia Bolsweber. Several years ago, I saw her speak at a local church in Minnesota, and at the end, she always has time for a Q&A, for questions. And a woman about my mother's age stood up and said how grateful she was to hear Nadia's story for Nadia's journey of leaving faith and coming back. And she shared that her own son didn't believe in God anymore. And she didn't know what she had done wrong or what to do next. She pleaded with Nadia for solutions, for ways to increase her son's faith. I'm sure Nadia gets asked those kinds of questions a lot, too. She sighed and shook her head. She thanked the woman for sharing, for being there, and she answered honestly that Nadia didn't have an actual answer for this woman's question. She didn't always know how the Holy Spirit works or the way we find ourselves reaching back to the gospel, but that it did sound like the woman loved her son and her faith was strong. So Nadia recommended that she continue to be a space for him to grow and continue to keep praying for him and loving him, and who knows what the Holy Spirit might do. And that always stuck with me, knowing that my mom probably did the same thing with her pastors while I was growing up outside of the church. And as a parent now myself, knowing Hadley is growing up as a pastor's kid, with all the joys and baggage that is involved with that, I worry too. Chris, our resident PK, knows, like, this is real. I hope that we are able to share with her the faith that lives in us, so that she might experience that same trust and grace and love that we feel. And I think our readings today from 2 Timothy, and even from Luke, as problematic as it might sound, can kind of get at this. In 2 Timothy, the author begins his letter with a greeting, with a prayer of thanksgiving, and with a retelling of Timothy's faith story. 
because faith found Timothy through his mother and through his grandmother's faith. The trust and grace and love that they felt was shared with Timothy, and in that, Timothy was found by the gospel of Jesus too. Which is sort of the hope we have for our own families and those we care about, right? That the faith that lives in us might also live in those we love. Faith is something that we can practice, that we can grow in, that we can experience, but it's really not in our control to increase or decrease our faith. And even Jesus reminds us that there will be stumbling blocks, and in our own attempts to maybe help others, we might cause stumbling blocks for them. Throughout our lives, our experiences of faith can change. I remember when God first called me back to faith, when I first started attending church of my own volition, not because my mom forced me. At that time, my faith felt big and strong. And it doesn't always feel like that anymore. Sometimes it feels hard to trust God has things under control. Sometimes it's a struggle to believe that I really have received this grace and forgiveness that Jesus gives to us. Sometimes I forget just how loved I am by our Creator. And some days it feels like God's presence is right there beside me, so tangible I can almost feel it. So I understand the disciples asking Jesus to increase their faith, especially after hearing Jesus' words beforehand. Jesus has just warned them against being a stumbling block for others, and then tells them the importance of forgiveness. And I will always add the caveat here, forgiveness doesn't mean putting yourself in harm's way physically, emotionally, or financially. Forgiveness is letting go of the hurt that the person has caused you and creating healthy boundaries so that you can love them without fear or pain. And sometimes that love does mean from a distance. I always have to say that because of how harmful these verses have been used to keep people in abusive situations, to let abusers get away with it. And because of all of that nuance and reality, forgiveness is hard. Especially if someone asks for it and seems to change but continues again with old patterns. And letting go of our anger, our pain, because of someone else's sin is so hard. And the disciples immediately see how related forgiveness and faith are. Because in faith, we trust that our own sins are forgiven. We trust that the brokenness is made whole. And so we trust in Jesus that even though we are broken people, there is forgiveness for us. And so it's part of that faith that we are able to forgive. And so after hearing Jesus say this, the disciples say to him, please increase our faith. Increase our faith so that we might be like you, so that we might forgive like you, so that we might find that trust and grace and love even in the hardest and most difficult situations and relationships in our lives. But it's not about the size of our faith, about increasing it, about making it into something. <clears throat> because if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, which most of us do if we're here this morning, God's spirit of power and of love and of will can do more than we can ask or imagine in our lives and in our hearts. And Jesus takes this into a problematic parable about slaves or servants who do as they are told without receiving gratitude or pay. And this paragraph from Jesus is hard to hear for us with our American ears, knowing the history of racial injustice and slavery in our own country. And I can't not name that. And this is part of Jesus being a contextual person in ancient Israel 
because he uses this paragraph, this parable, as a way to get at the reality of what it really means to be like him. If the disciples want to increase their faith so they can be like Jesus, so they can trust like him, forgive like him, then it also means experiencing the great cruelty and brokenness of this world like Jesus did. Jesus went to the cross not because he wanted to be thanked for it, not according to our works, but because of Jesus' own purpose and grace. A grace that was given to us before the world began, revealing itself in the one who dies and rises from the dead to forgive each and every one of us, not once, not daily, but seven times a day and more. So that this gift from God, this faith, this trust and grace and love might live in each and every one of us, living in all those that we meet, we share with, and we love. So that in faith and love, we can share the same grace with others. Knowing that through the gospel, through this love God has given to us, even faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. So that we can trust with those we love who have strayed, that they are not alone. That God is always there beside them. That the Holy Spirit continues to reach out to them, to us, through words, through actions, and through the love that we have shared with others, and that God shares with us every day. So when I am asked about my faith journey, about how others might increase the faith of those they love, I find myself wanting to answer that I am grateful to God when I remember in my prayers all of the people of faith who inspired me, who cared for me, who showed me God's love, either explicitly naming that as their purpose or implicitly through their actions, knowing that they, as a person of faith, shine Christ's light no matter what. And who knows what the Holy Spirit living in us might do with just a mustard seed of faith. We might be in someone else's prayers as they give thanks <coughs> for the faith living inside them, too. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>